Welcome back to another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. On today's episode, we're going to be consoling Mitch, his Boston Celtics lost in Game 7 at home. The same situation they were in last year, a game they won last year. This year was a different story. We're going to be breaking that down, talking Mitch off the ledge. Um, Other than that, I'm going to be jumping off the ledge with joy because the Denver Nuggets, again, are still in the NBA Finals. We're all welcoming on my good friend, Biggest Nuggets fan I know, David Rothschild, onto the show as well. So it's going to be a great episode. NBA Finals preview, Eastern Conference Finals look back. Lots to talk about. Um, yeah, it'll be a good one. Before we get going, let's bring in our friends from Green Top. We are back. Mitch's Celtics are out of the playoffs. The Denver Nuggets, ladies and gentlemen, are still in the NBA Finals. Mitch, I <laughs> promise I won't say that too many times for you, um, but it's 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 good to be alive here. And, and as a Denver Nuggets fan, forty-seven year drought, we are here. Uh, and the other guy that is here with us today, as usual, to join us, Mitch, is David Rothschild, my good friend from the zoo, um, biggest Nuggets fan I know, lifelong Nuggets fan, lives in Denver. David's been on the show before, I think last year. I was looking back, yeah. I think around March. Um, I was looking back at that agenda, David, and some of the topics we were talking about. Are the Nuggets a title contender? Man, they they, they were not. <laughs> but this year they are. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. About as good as I could be doing. The Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals for the first time, not only in our lifetime, but ever. So, yeah, I mean, feeling on top of the world, but, you know, as they've been saying, the job's not done. Still got four more to go, so can't get too ahead of ourselves. But yeah, it's funny you bring up last time I was on. I remember we were yeah. talking about like Boogie and like yep. Bryn Forbes. And... <laughs> Bones Highland was our favorite bench yeah. player. <laughs> yeah. So how the tables I mean, have turned on could, that one? <laughs> yeah, he could still really. get a ring, I guess. Technically, he'd get that ring this year. But yeah, that would be. <laughs> would, they, would they give it to him though? Come on. I think that's how it works. I don't know. Like the um I did see reports though from LA. It was like Russ still wants his ring or something. Yeah, him and Beverly both wanted their rings yeah. if they were if they were to go on and win. Um thankfully which, we didn't have to litigate that. Thankfully uh, we didn't have to litigate Russell Westbrook getting a uh a finals ring. Let's <laughs> thank God we didn't have to worry about that. Um well, David, welcome back. We're excited to have you on. Um, definitely brighter days than seeing Faku Campazo and Austin Rivers in a starting lineup in the NBA playoffs. So, um, <laughs> looking looking forward to just Feels continuing good. to relive that moment uh, <laughs> for the rest of our Nuggets lives. Um, but Mitch, I always ask you how you're doing first, so I apologize for leaving you second seconds here. But um, you probably do need consoling. I don't know if you've called better help in the last few days since oh this God. game seven ended, but. <laughs> How are you feeling after this this dramatic ending to what was almost history in that 3-0 comeback? Listen, I get it. I'm called second just because we were second in the Eastern Conference. It's fine. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. I'll make it. No, I mean, honestly, I, I said it before we started. If it was a year ago, I would have been inconsolable. Like if Jimmy Butler would have hit that shot to beat us like at the end of game seven last year, inconsolable. Now I'm like, I am still like happy that we, I mean, we were down 3 0. There was, I was all in. I was so in for the fact that we were going to make NBA history. And you know what? It didn't happen. It's fine. We will be the fourth team to make it to game seven and never win it. 
Um, but Heat are the team of destiny. I said it. I said it when we started doing the conference finals. They were the team of destiny to make it out of Eastern Conference. I have started making the comparisons of the '99 Knicks team to this team, and this team is infinitely better than that 99 Knicks team in my mind, just of the challenges they had to go through. Yes, the Knicks teams had their injuries, and guess what? So is this Heat team. They had their own injuries. Point still being, I have gone I have gone through my stages of grief, and I am now on the stage of trade machine um, grief of, of uh, just trying to get past that end of things. Um, and I've resulted to the fact that I don't – and I, I had said earlier that I was going to come with a Jalen Brown trade, and I have come to the fact that I don't want Jalen Brown to be traded. I have come full circle, I'm and glad, I don't want I'm it to glad. happen. And, um, yeah, so that's where we're at right now. But to say this, on a scale of 1 to 10, I could be higher, but I am a 5 right now. I could be infinitely worse, but I am at a 5 <laughs> right now. Because you're, I in wouldn't the mode, saw- you're in the mode like post-breakup, doom-scrolling on Tinder – or whatever your app of choice is, and you're just looking for better options to solve your solve your issue. It's like, oh, what what was what can be better? Like, how can I swap this out for somebody else? But here's the thing, I, I said it last time. We are two for two on in in back to back years of the Hoopers Almanac having a team in the NBA Finals. I mean, and for and for my best friend to have his team in the finals. I, for the first time in their history, congratulations. That's what I have to say to both of you. So I I will I will be cheering emphatically for this Nuggets team to win their first title and to do whatever it takes to just fuck over Jimmy Butler. Anyways, that's 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 my uh oh and Kale Martin too. Kale Martin I was waiting know. for that. I was like, what Kale about Martin, Kale Martin can eat one? God, I Kale was Kobe Martin. Yeah, he was ridiculous i mean i i still remember him in the ncaa tournament in nevada and him and, him and Cody, his brother man. yeah like and his brother in charlotte I, I think is a fine player i don't think he has the offensive upside that clearly caleb's shown but like even spo was kind of hesitant to play him in certain like early in these playoffs like in the playing game he barely played when their yeah. backs were against the wall and all of a sudden he's kind of kind of emerged into like their second best scorer sometimes their first best scorer so um, I know going back to the Celtics, I think we're going to touch on this heat team quite a bit, but David, when you and I were texting going into these playoffs, we were talking about nightmare scenario matchups for the Denver Nuggets. My, my proposal was the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, the heat took care of business quite early and, and, and my relief, uh, came very quickly in that first round. Yours was Boston Celtics. Um, and so we've avoided both of those teams. What did you see in Boston, like pre-playoffs and even maybe in these first two series that kind of scared you about a potential matchup with Denver? And what did you maybe see in this Eastern Conference Finals with them falling short? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Boston team that we saw this playoffs, the highs and lows of the Celtics, the highs of the Celtics are what I was like immensely scared of. I mean, I feel like the Boston Celtics at their very best are the best team in the NBA, but we see them at their very worst a lot. And I mean, not to harp on a Mitch, um, but yeah, we obviously saw it against the Heat and that's why they didn't make it there. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the Celtics as a team that I didn't think was going to be this inconsistent. I think seeing their inconsistencies and like obviously with Tatum rolling his ankle in the game and then having to go to Jalen Brown and, you know, kind of seeing like the lack of his handle and how much he turned the ball over his bad shot selection, like. 
it's moments like that where I'm like, if we ended up playing the Celtics, I would have felt a lot better now than I did halfway through the season. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think, the like I said, the best version of the yeah. Celtics, that team that we saw earlier in the season, is the team that I just did not want to play. Their, seven, their top seven was the best top seven in the NBA. Yep. I mean, I still think that's true, but we don't have to play them. So. That's the crazy <laughs> world because Brogdon was one of that, I mean, six man of the year, right? Um, yeah, best bench player all year in the playoffs really was really great in the first two rounds. And then he got hurt and was base didn't play at all in game six. Right, Mitch. And then game seven, he tried to play and didn't do anything. Dude, was he was just, miserable in game yeah, six. That was tough. I mean, good for good for him to even. Just no, no, no. Try. He didn't put in game seven. He didn't. He was miserable. Game six, right. he didn't play in game five. He wasn't very like that was kind of pre benching so he, I he mean, had to leave tough. i mean halfway through that game it was just terrible right um and then the tatum injury like you said david like who would have oh, known i mean i think that mitch i want you i want to let you cook here on the tatum thing because oh. as a fan it's like all right now now you have an easy out for an excuse right it's like oh tatum got injured in the first play but i i think they were playing pretty well like right after that it was just the second half once he clearly couldn't move anymore. Like in the first half, I thought he was moving okay. And the second half after that long rest, it seemed like it just went downhill. And it proved that Jalen Brown like couldn't step up to that number one guy role. It was almost Derek White in the closing stretch, like generating offense, which is pretty crazy. So here's the deal. The two unknown hurt players that no one's going to talk about, Derek White had abdominal cramps to start the fourth quarter. And that's why he didn't play the entire fourth quarter. And then Rob Williams, the only reason he played 14 minutes is because he started throwing up on, on the sideline and he apparently was playing with the flu the entire game. So like he, Rob Williams oh. had his flu game in game seven. <laughs> so you want to talk about fatigue in that. game seven. So it was just like the perfect storm. Like, cause the Celtics looked so good and like you can't like say much because we're only watching the broadcast. You like look so good in warm ups, all but like it's just like we Tatum like was like doing the puff up the jersey like right before tip off, and then the first flipping play, the man rolls an ankle and it just is like of course. But no, and here's the deal, David, you brought it up. Jalen Brown and you, Aaron, you did too. I mean, Jalen Brown like had a great first quarter. And like honestly, a great first half, but it like eight turnovers. He had more turnovers than made shots. Like it's just miserable. And like six of them were like those drive to the middle of the lane when there's literally three hands swiping at the ball at the same time. I'm like, it's going to get tipped away. It is. That's the kind of decision-making that me, other Celtics fans have issues with. And like where we like Tatum more than Brown is like, Tatum knows how to pass out of that. Brown mm. still has yet to learn that. And so that's what we're continuously hoping for. And we are still grasping at straws when it doesn't happen. But Derek White had an incredible third quarter. Like that's what kept us like even close in the game. And then the fourth quarter was just over. And so I, again, I, I was wrong about the Derek White trade. I hand up was wrong about that. I, I will be forever wrong about that. Um, I am excited for next year because I don't have to worry about Grant Williams thumb looking head um, on my <laughs> basketball court anymore. And hopefully we can f uh, get like some, I don't know how we get like some 
we're going to get Gallo back, which we finally get Gallo to play a minute of Celtics basketball, which will be nice. We both love Gallo here. David we, and I. Gallo, yeah. Legend. 2013 legend. I, listen, I am all on the Gallo train. I've I've loved him even when he, that was like the one neck player I ever liked. Um, but no, I I I'm excited to have that. I worry that we're gonna make one too many stupid moves this off season, and it better just not include trading Jalen Brown because like I was already in the machine trying to see, okay, is it worth getting Dejounte Murray and mm-hmm. like. Sadiq Bay from the Hawks just to get rid of Jalen Brown, but I'm like, no, it's not. It's not worth it. Just spring Jalen, bring Jalen. Don't don't do that. Don't don't. don't sh- that's that's tempting. That's, yeah, no, that's kind of fun. I kind of like Dejounte on the Celtics. If you if you honestly, you could package up Smart, and it might too. be a three way because I think he's like a 1.5 x of of Smart. I think he's a better ball distributor, a better defender, just given like his age right now, and he can score. Um, and he can kind of be a poor man's. Yeah, yeah, and he can kind of be a poor man. man's two for you. Like I don't really know what Jalen and Jason are doing right now works as an offense. I feel like Dejounte kind of facilitates more of a traditional offense. Sure, and I and I want to. My other thought process was if we do if we do smart and Brown. I want DeJounte Hunter or DeAndre Hunter. I want DeAndre Hunter so mm-hmm. bad. Like that, like putting him at the four, making Tatum the actual three. I, I thought about it and then I was like, no, nah, I want Jalen Brown still because I can still trust Jalen Brown like to still make shots. Jalen Brown had, you could tell his hand was still screwing with him and I didn't like that. So as much as I want to blame Jalen Brown and I, I want to blame every other Celtic, I just can only blame myself for being too hopeful uh, that this was going to end differently than I expected. Um, so, you know, I, I'm done being consoled, though. Can we go? Can we talk about something much more happier, like the, the Nuggets finally making their first finals, like we've talked about 13 times, but I just want to continue talking about that. Well, first, Mitch, we have to talk about the team that decapitated your team. No, we don't need to talk about them. I don't think we really need to do. I really just don't think we need to do. Uh, because this team is like, unreal to me i had pretty good faith that they were going to be competitive in this series just because boston has a tendency to screw around with the best of them and miami is just resilient i i assumed boston would win obviously as most people did but this the miami heat culture is real however much we like to be disgruntled about it and shy it away it's definitely real which is scary when you're going up against this team now uh with denver the resiliency and track record of this team, though, since my uh, Jimmy Butler's been in Miami, I think they've made three Eastern Conference Finals in four, four or five years, right? Um, NBA Finals now twice. They played the Celtics a, in all three of them. Right. Yeah. This, yeah. So, I mean, he has a track record, but he hasn't been able to win the big one yet. I would say this Nuggets team is equally as good as that Lakers team they faced in the bubble at the very least. But David, what do you think this just whole run in general, the eight seed, second eight seed to ever make the finals? What do you think it says about Miami in general? And how do you view that as a Nuggets fan? Like, I think yeah. on paper, again, like we should feel confident, but there's something else about this team that we should feel worried about. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it, like, not to be cliche with like the heat culture thing, but Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the game, one of the best coaches of the generation. Like, you can't knock anything that Spo's ever done. And I yep. think, like, I obviously underestimated them, too, coming in. I was like, this team is – what an ugly regular season. They're so confusing. Shot 
horribly from three all year. Just like a weird, weird season for the Heat. Um, obviously, we were like almost got eliminated by the Bulls, which is insane right. to think about. Um, and I put my hand up. I'll say I had the Bucks winning in five, maybe even sweeping them. Me too. <laughs> um, but I, I also, yeah, just like to the point about Spo. Obviously, I know that four of the championships he made since he was there was with LeBron. But still, I mean, six championships in the 15 seasons, or six, sorry, six finals appearance appearances in the 15 seasons he's been there. Like he has made 40% of the finals, like since he's been the Heat's coach. Um, and I feel like that's an element ben. of thinking about not overlooking the Heat. Obviously, the run speaks for itself. But like this is the Miami Heat we're talking about. Yeah, bad regular season, but you brought up Jimmy since he's been there, three Eastern Conference finals two finals appearances, the mm -hmm. overall core that they've had with Bam and the supporting cast is essentially the same as it's right. been over the last four years. I mean, this is a team that I know Kyle Lowry's passed his prime, but he won a championship four years ago. Kevin Love's a champion. Uh, Udonis Haslam's a champion. I guess we'll shout him out too. But I mean, like two players Other. on the roster who are champions. Elite role players. I mean, they're shooting damn near 40% from three as a team this playoffs. Like, I don't know. It's easy because of the seeding and how weird the regular season was to be like, oh, I can't believe it. They keep making history. But we know this team that we're dealing with. It's a they got two all stars. Like, come on. I don't know. They're they're the seed just like doesn't accurately represent it at all. I feel like it skews how we're looking at it because it's the Miami Heat at the end of the day. I could not agree more with what all you just said, but I will start with this. Thank you for already putting out there that Spo is the best coach in the NBA. I, he, in my mind, is already a top five all time. I have him up there with Jackson, Riley, Pop, and whoever you want to throw in that fifth spot there. But though, I mean, Spo is definitely it's the Spurs and the Heat are doing something that not no other franchise is doing right now, and it's called trusting a coach. Like there, there is cohesion from the top down. And there's just trust in like, hey, we're going to have a 500 season. You're just going to have to trust me what we're going to do with this. And that's exactly what ownership management has done with both Spo and Pop. But more specifically in this situation, like, you're right. The Heat did not have like the best regular season they were. I mean, they were clearly. And yet I was still terrified, though, still terrified of them. I did not want to play them at all even after the play-in game. And I was like, thank God my sports karma is coming back for me. I get to play the Hawks. But no, it's, <laughs> it still comes back to bite me. Um, but no, it, like this Heat team is impressive because of, one, how well Spo has prepared them each and every game, but two, the mentality that they've had coming each and every game, like, I was giving Jimmy Butler crap because after game four, after they lost in game five, he was all about saying, well, don't Boston better, Boston better take, uh, we're, we're going to take the next one, basically. He was kept saying that. And then Spoh was like, nah, you got to stop saying that. I'm going to be the one who says it. I have the next flight we have out of Boston is going to Denver no matter what. Literally, no, no matter what, we're going to Denver, whether we're going to be watching it or we're going to be playing in it. And so it's incredible. The mentality that once Bo is instilled in this team, but also just how much like there is trust throughout this entire franchise. And so it shows from the top down from Pat Riley and his Irish, Ir the Irishman looking hair 
looking like he should be running a mob, uh, running a mob like tomorrow yes, with, uh, with, Alon- with Alonzo mourning his uh, right hand man uh, ready to take over mm-hmm. um, and, you know, be made. But it's just it's so f- freaking frustrating. And yet it's still incredibly impressive. Well, Spo even like in his post game comments referred to himself as the caretaker of the Miami Heat. Like it is very much like a mob mafia yeah. mentality there. Like I'm he is going baby. to take over Pat Riley's job eventually when he's done coaching. And I don't know. He's probably pretty young. He started really young. Was he 50? Yeah, I think I was looking today. I think he's like 52. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, I can't imagine how grilling his job is, especially the way he does it. I would imagine he wants to get out of coaching at some point in like the next decade. If he coaches until he's like pop's age, that'll be insane. Who knows about his resume at that point? But I would, I could see him being a Pat Riley, you know, figure at some point for that organization. I don't think visually he's as striking bit of a shorter guy in general, you know, doesn't have that stature that Pat Riley does as a former player, but, or Alonzo warning for sure. But um, I think that's how it's viewed there. So it's, it's very interesting. They have such a rich history as an organization. And then you contrast that to Denver, which I think you have great individual history and a few runs here and there that are cool. But obviously, it's a very much newer franchise in comparison that just hasn't been in those moments. So right. it is so interesting to compare the two teams. And I think the mentality, though, of this Denver team under Malone, based on the commentary, it's very much like under underdog mentality like Malone has convinced this team that everybody hates them so I kind of like how we have a similar mentality and we're not coming in there as like this one seed playing an eight seed we kind of feel like an eight seed in some instances don't don't you think David yeah completely agree I mean I think that's that's like the biggest thing that I'm kind of hanging my hat on outside of how well we played the talent I know we'll get into it all um but just from yeah mentality standpoint like the heat have kind of taken advantage of teams that have mental lapses, maybe don't have the best chemistry every now and then the coaching maybe sometimes isn't there. I'm looking at Budenholzer, obviously, but like, mm-hmm. that's just not something you can exploit against Denver. Like they keep talking about every road games, a business trip and they've, yep, that approach it. is going to stay the same with the heat. You know, that they're not even remotely overlooking them. Like Malone would never let that happen. So yeah, it's very comforting as a fan to go in there and not feel like, yeah, we're just the one seed that's going to take care of business. As a fan, we can overlook them and be like, heat suck. We're going to sweep them. But like the Nuggets don't, aren't doing that. Don't do I that. I would say like. I'm not Denver. actually. I'm just I'm just saying like. No, I, I know. know and Nuggets. as the fan who just went up against them and thought the same. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you use a Denver no, sports fair. reference like the Broncos teams under Manning. I would say those early teams, the team that went to the Super Bowl, the high flying offense. Yeah. That was very much like the classic one seed. Like you were a great regular season team. You go in there with confidence. You kind of just don't have that extra nudge. Mm-hmm. And then when later in his career, very much underdog driven by defense, you have a different mentality approach to it. You end up winning the thing. Yeah. I think the Nuggets are in a weird position of having so much talent and having possibly the best player in the world, but also acting like you are a shit team because he's yeah. been through the ringer and that team's been through the ringer of being undermanned over and over again. So I think they're at a very unique position to kind of counter that Miami mentality, but um, yeah. we'll get into that series. Uh, Mitch, any final thoughts before we move on to the finals on the Celtics heat series? I, I just want to say one last chance to say goodbye to this season. 
congratulations to Caleb Martin for earning the next biggest bag uh, for a role guy. I mean, my lord. Uh, I was trying to think about this, because, and then I probably should have made my list. Like, what role guys have earned a bag because of a playoff experience? My first thought was Lamar Odom, but like, there has to be a list out there. Like, in like, is it Tyson Chandler or like DeAndre Jordan? Like these guys who just like earned a bag because like Tyson Chandler after that that Mav season was in New York on a on a big contract. He was kind of old though. I guess already. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I also think I with know. DeAndre Jordan, too, a lot of that, that is like his personality. He's just like a good locker room guy. I feel like that's like yeah. half the money he's made in the I, NBA is literally just because people like him. <laughs> I remember we I were talking about I how, badly, I, how yeah. badly we hated the DeAndre Jordan signing at the beginning yes. of the year, Aaron. Well, I was like, uh, my my ratings was Bruce Brown A+, which I think is aging very well. And DeAndre Jordan was like a D minus or an F probably because I was like, I was solely focused on the on basketball thing. Um, Cause on the court, he really has been basically a zero impact. Yeah. I think no, maybe been a few nights, <laughs> a few nights where he's had like 10 good minutes. It's the Celtics with Blake Griffin. Like, but I, I, I mean, I think I might've said like his only impact will probably be off the court, but I didn't imagine this. Like he's clearly been kind of the vocal leader of the team, which is, Kind of needed when Jokic is your star player. Yeah, um, I, I will say like my last thing, and one of my very last things I'll say about the Celtics probably for until the offseason is the this team didn't underachieve. You got a coach who was given the 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 keys to the franchise three days before practice, and like we said last week, honestly, this guy didn't get a chance to build his own staff or anything like that. Didn't get to implement anything. I am. I didn't love the people who were saying fire the guy if they got swept, but the, we just this team couldn't go for a fourth coach in four years. So I, I hope Maz is back, and I hope that we keep Jalen Brown too. So that that'll be the last thing I say about the Celtics until next watch four weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, or. Two weeks if the Nuggets can take care of business. Um, I would love nothing less. <laughs> I would yeah. love to be in Denver when they sweep the heat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll be a... Well, goodbye to Boston. <laughs> uh, we will see you in a few weeks where I'm sure you'll be the topic of many Cooper's Almanac trade machine discussions, offseason predictions, etc. Um, we'll see where Jalen Brown lands on my top 50 list. Again, Mitch, that's just circulating in my mind and Jalen Brown Every time he turns over the ball, it's like falling a few pegs. So I we'll didn't know. I, are you constantly updating this list? No, I'm not. It's all mental at this point. I'm just trying. I'm referencing it, and I'm not changing anything in the document. Oh God! Just, like that. That, that you, that's where you and I are different. Like I'd have to change it in the document. No, see, because I didn't want to fall into recency bias with any move. So I'm like, I'm waiting. That's until fair. the end of the season. But anyways, we're gonna take a quick break because when we come back, we're gonna dive deeper in to the NBA Finals preview. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And sad boy hours are over. Um, It's now time for uh, the two Nuggets fans to go off for a little bit here. Um, I'm going to start with this. Where on a scale, 
like because uh, David, we kind of talked about it off off air here a little bit, like where you're ranking of fandoms. You've had over the past, I guess, decade now, three of your teams make the make the title game. Where does this rank amongst all of your t- teams making the title? Avs made it last year. You had the Broncos made it twice in the 2010s. Was it just twice or am I missing a third time? I, I think it was just no, twice. It was right? just twice, it was twice. Just twice. Okay. It was yeah. the Seahawks crusher and then the. Should have made the, it probably that year the, we lost to the Ravens, but whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember that one too. Okay. That's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, where, we, where do you rank this on your mm. Denver sports fandoms? How, like, how excited are you amongst those other three opportunities? It's such a good question. This is because I was talking about this with my brother earlier because we were kind of trying to figure this out. Um, and I feel like so much of it comes down to, I don't know how to like phrase this in a, in a term. I guess I'll just, <laughs> I'll ramble a little bit until I run into the point. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I grew up, so I was born in 1996. The Avs won that year. You know, a season later, Broncos go back to back. A few years after that, Avs win again. Rockies have always been horrible. Like I you can't even really take them. Yeah, into the 2007. Yeah, the 2007 chance. Hey, yeah, got and they got swept. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we swept our way there. Um, but like with the Nuggets, I mean, I guess it's it's similar to the Rockies, but almost even worse because they never even made it. Growing up, it was like there's a championship culture with the Avs and the Broncos. So it happening again never felt out of question. And that's not to say that I was never like mm-hmm. over the moon when we made it there and won as both of those teams d- did like in my actual like memory lifetime. But it was always like, it always seemed like a possibility. It wasn't like, oh, they're so out of place being here. But with the Nuggets, it's like, since these pressers have been coming out and seeing the finals backdrop is like, I get kind of emotional, not to sound <laughs> like lame, but you're not it, lame. It, it wasn't the same way with like the Broncos and the abs. It was kind of more like, yeah, they're here. We've seen it before. They're going to do it again. Where with the nuggets, it's like the Denver nuggets are in the NBA finals. Like it doesn't feel real. It's a team that I knew could get here. Like in the Malone, Jokic, Murray era, I always knew that this could happen, but it still just like does not feel real. So I guess excitement level is, really high like i can't really wrap my brain around it i'm definitely the most like emotional i've been i'm like they're really they made it like the team that i watched win one when literally like get past the first round once up until 2018 19 season for my whole life Wild. like the fact that they're here is it, yeah it's just crazy yeah, aaron what about, about you i was yeah. about to say go ahead no i was about to say i mean you have a little bit of a different fandom i mean you got the Hawkeyes, you have the, the St. Louis Cardinals, Broncos still, and the Nuggets. I mean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, that last Manning run was awesome. I was born, you talked about David, like year you were born and different team success. I was born 98, so this back-to-back of Elway's, Broncos. So for that, like knowing that going in, and then you had the upset in 2015, or 2014 whatever year it was we lost the seattle 2013 whatever year it was and then to have that year against carolina and everybody was picking the panthers he was cam was coming off that mvp season peyton had a noodle arm but man they beat tom brady in the snow and it just felt right and that defense was awesome so that was like the most excited and emotional i'd been during a game i remember that I don't know, obviously, how I can 
predict that for these games. We'll see. Um, the other moment I would say for Iowa is when we were on the verge of making the college football playoff, like one of the first years. And obviously Iowa, like who would think they would ever make the college football playoff, but um, they ended up losing to Michigan state. So that was like the other moment I would say in my fandom and 2011 Cardinals for sure uh, with freeze. Like that's a big one, yeah. but I mean, this is right up there. Like the fact that I've known the nuggets and I associate them with like, obviously mellow, but like Ty Lawson days, like, you know, they were just like fun and now they're legit. It's, it's definitely a different mentality. No, makes complete sense. I mean, there, I mean, you guys talk, I mean, Aaron, we've talked about it before, but like the nuggets never making it just makes it, I mean, until now it makes it so much more special. And David, you talk about it being emotional. It's not lame by the way, to be emotional. We're, we're, we are not a toxic male, uh, uh masculinity podcast we are very much not that uh but that being said oh, I, I didn't mean it like that just more so getting emotional <laughs> over a sports team you know again not getting emotional in general but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean no, my, but, i mean my uh, bedtime reading right now is like phil jackson's book 11 rings i don't know if you guys read that but i'm like having to read about like his weird you know meditative rituals and shit and all the corny shit he does so like mitch has always been that guy but i'm definitely getting more into that stuff so it's you know it's definitely around on this podcast. Our emotional intelligence, we we like to say, is pretty high. We're increasing uh, it. Aaron's making me more analytical, <laughs> and I'm trying to make Aaron more emotional. Um, yep. That being said, there is still some, like we like I said, like the the Nuggets have never done this before, never made it to the finals in general, which knocks them off the list of now. There's only a few teams who have never done it, which is crazy. Uh, they never even make it this far. Mm-hmm. I think this just brings up just the historical significance of this of this title i mean this finals run we've seen from the nuggets and you know we look back more so at a closer eye view since the jamal in, uh, murray injury i mean we saw two playoffs where Jokic was pretty much saying hey will barton you want to help me try to win a game here buddy <laughs> it's just like what do you i mean looking at a closer eye view but also even at a larger historical view what have you i mean i'll start with david here i mean what have you seen slash what have you like what are you most excited about just for this team to make history uh, possibly make history or just even this team's run so far in the history for the nuggets yeah yeah i mean it puts the nuggets in a totally different conversation a totally different lens when you talk about like not that i really care about like the national narrative but it is gets annoying when people are like oh Jokic really is this good it's like yeah we've known that for like the last six years fucking (laughs) fucking Lisa Salters just won an Emmy or an SP or whatever and like interviewed Jokic I don't know if you saw that David she was interviewing post game and it was like the worst post game interview I've ever seen and she goes on some show the next day it's like yeah I didn't really watch him that much during the season I wasn't that familiar I was like how did you just win an award like you're talking about a two back to back MVP back to back MVP the back to back MVP who's like yeah yeah exactly exactly my point is like it even though i guess it yeah it doesn't affect like my fandom or how i watch the nuggets it's still just nice it's it's validating and a good like i told you so is to get them in these conversations of like they are a legitimate contender it's not just classic nuggets and you could tell that that's how people viewed it this year it wasn't because Mm -hmm. oh they don't believe in Jokic. it's because they obviously don't like watch him but i think part of it too is that it's the nuggets You've seen the Nuggets falter always, essentially. So 
them not being taken seriously and being like, oh, well, they're just, you know, they're the one seed, but it's the Nuggets. It's the same thing we did with the Jazz in 2021. And, you know, everybody was right about that. But the Nuggets proving them wrong and getting here is what's been really cool. So I think, like, people watch the NBA Finals. There's only one series to watch. So finally, it would be nice going forward that they'll be in those conversations of, like, oh, they are a legitimate contender. Jokic has his ring, you know, yada, yada, yada. You can see in those like random NBA players come out of the woodwork on Twitter, like to compliment Jokic. It's yeah. like, oh, wow, you guys are actually like, wait, hold on. You actually think Jokic is cool now? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, like you could you probably assume I think we all assume that people have trash talk Jokic in locker rooms and backdoor conversations. Players have, you know, like he's just visually a hard guy to reconcile his output and statistics yeah. with what he does, like how he looks and how he does it. So, like, I don't blame them. And he definitely puts more effort in in the playoffs and like his scoring numbers go up and like the traditional things that we value in American basketball are there. But it's funny to even see like the players. It's not even like the media. Like it feels like the players are like, oh, wow, like he's actually an MVP level guy. So it's interesting. The one thing I'll say is like because you bring up like how the media is finally talking about the Nuggets. When was the last time the Nuggets have been talked about this much? Was it when Melo was trying to get out of uh, Denver? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That sounds or, I right. guess, like the 3-1 comebacks. But, like, that was yeah. kind of like a gimmick. I think David and I were pretty confident that we would have a run in that series. And I think, yeah. looking back, could have been tied 2-2 very realistically. And who knows from there? But um, it was very gimmicky the way that they talked about that. Right. I think in yeah. definitely the mellow exit and then Oh nine, I felt like there yeah. was kind of an understanding, like maybe they could beat Kobe because Kobe was just yeah. coming off that finals loss too. Right. So there's a yeah. little bit yeah. of skepticism. Oh, yeah. yeah. True. That was the year that they went on to beat the magic. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that one. No, I just didn't know when like the last time this, the media has talked about the nuggets this much. I mean, and Truly, this is the first time in this way ever. I mean, I guess obviously because it's the first time in the finals. But like seeing on the YouTube channel where it's like, check out the 20-minute compilation of Jokic's rookie season. I'm like, what yeah. is going on? Like, yeah, this- that's making the rounds. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. And then, yeah, there was like, that was like the weird. Yeah, I saw the rookie season and then I also saw like the tape in between like when he got drafted. It was like his gap year. Yeah. And like that was pretty crazy. Like. But it's obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Now you know the player, and then you're starting to see like these cool things that he's doing there, and starting to point into what he's doing now. It's like, oh, that's like, how did nobody else see this? But obviously, now we have the benefit of knowing what he is <laughs> and has grown to be. But even back then, like he was pretty impressive. Kind of shocked that he slid all the way to us at forty one. But yeah, that, that was my I mean, other point with this historical thing. Sorry to cut you off, David. Was no, you're good. You're good. Like I think this is as much as referendum on the Nuggets as it is Jokic. And I get sometimes worried in my worst case scenario head that at some point Jokic is just going to get tired of playing basketball. And that's why I think this championship matters is to like get him that feeling because he doesn't care about any of the other things that typical players of his caliber care about. And he's always made it clear this is the one thing he actually cares about. And that's the one thing he's been truthful on. So for him to achieve that, I think is what I want for him. I know he wants it, obviously. Malone wants it. But without that, I could see him being the type of person who would be comfortable walking away from basketball. And that would be like worst case scenario Nuggets franchise option there. But I I think that's also important historically. Like, is this going to be a continuous dynasty? 
the start of something new or are we going to look back and the old narratives are just going to be the same if they lose, you know, in this round? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it's it's somewhat similar, I guess, in the sense of the Warriors, the way we look at the Warriors now, like the post 2014, 15 season when they got their first ring before that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we know the believe Warriors in 2007 beat the Mavs in the first round as an eight seed. But like, you know, it was the Warriors. Like nobody cared about the Warriors. It was just kind of same old, same old. Like this team isn't hasn't been successful since what, the 70s, you know? So it's like, yeah, now it's when we think about the Warriors, it's like NBA's upper echelon. So and everybody was skeptical about the three point shot. Like how many people you could pull is saying this is not sustainable. Teams can't win shooting this many threes. Right. And then probably people have said the same thing about Jokic. You need a star who is aggressive and can score 40 and whatever. But can't have a star protector. Can't have a star center. Yeah, that's your title, Um, which brings me to my next point. There's a lot of matchups in this series that are exciting, but what is like some of the, and like there, there's a lot of, I don't want to say like even matchups. Cause I think uh, I look down at each like part of like the starting lineup. There seems to be a clear advantage. What is, I'll start with David. Like what are some of the advantages slash like, just like upper hands that the nuggets clearly have over the heat yeah. when you're looking at this finals. Do you mean like a, I guess from like lineup perspective or just like overall team play um, overall team play, I guess would be the, we'll start with, we'll start with that and or either mm-hmm. or honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound biased at all. I'm going to try to keep a level head, but I, <laughs> I mean, just unbiasedly, I really do think there's a lot of things, at least for the nuggets that are mismatched for the heat like Jokic. I'm not going to go too into it. Like it's Nikola Jokic. I don't, there's nobody who matches up well with him. Look what he just did to Anthony Davis. Bam has been cooked by Jokic historically. Um, I mean, I think Denver, I guess one of the big thing that stands out is Denver's just, I think too big for them. Um, I don't know what Miami is going to do with Denver's size, to be honest. Like, yep. MPJ has been crushing the glass and he's, he's just been eating boards. He was phenomenal in the Western conference finals. And I don't know what you do with that. Like, I feel like Bam's going to have to cover five guys at once. I think about AG as a mismatch for them too. Um, just his size strength, his wingspan too. like, that's genuinely, they need like four Bams out there to guard <laughs> us. I, I, I think. Um, but then I guess, yeah, from overall team play, just something that I wanted to kind of bring up. Um, and then I'll, I'll stop talking um, is I think, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier with the mentality. I think a lot of this matchup is strength on strength. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the Nuggets strengths neutralize a lot of the heat strength. And I think one of the big things is like the way that Heat play defense, the way that we kind of talked about earlier that they capitalize on a lot of like mental lapses, um, like the inconsistency of some of the opponents that they've faced. I mean, they're leading the playoffs in points off turnovers, like over like 20 points per game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but the Nuggets are the most like sound team offensively in the league, and they've been that way the entire year. And in the playoffs, they have the lowest turnover percentage in the in, like in the entire playoffs this year. So like, I, I that's going to be a big adjustment yep. for the Heat. I think I don't think you can really like knock us off our spot or bank on oh they're going to make some mistakes. Like we are going to protect the ball. We're not going to give you easy buckets, um, like in transition or off turnovers. And I think that that's a 
that's going to be a really, really big adjustment for the Heat, not getting those 20 points a night from turnovers. I will say you're right in a lot of those things. Honestly, a lot of those turnovers came last round. So, and honestly, they were doing it to everyone they were playing. But like yeah. a lot of it was the Celtics just being stupid. But you're right. The, one of the And one of the other things I will point out is like, when it's Jokic and Murray are your two main ball handlers, two of the smarter guys in the NBA. Murray has his moments where he doesn't like turn the ball over. He just it feels like it's a turnover when he takes think, thirty oh, shots a game uh, that are and, that. and nine of them are okay. Um, yeah, just okay. Um, but th- you're you're having you have a very high IQ team, and I think that's what's extremely helpful. Uh, if you're the Nuggets. And I do agree that's what's going to help, especially, and we'll get into it. I'll let Aaron cook here for a little bit here too. But like, I just think that's what's going to help, especially like when Denver switches defenses, which they they play the most zone mm-hmm. of anyone in the NBA for the past 19 seasons, um, which is crazy. Um, I just think that's just what's going to help Denver out a lot as compared to any of the teams that he'd have played is just like, they're a high IQ to know, okay, where to be an offense and how to move just continuously is going to be super helpful. Aaron, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would echo what you guys said. I had some stuff written down, and honestly, David, were like mine. It's not surprisingly. Like, <laughs> I wrote down size and turnovers. Like, turnovers are the biggest thing that he you. I don't need to repeat the numbers. Like, exactly right. And the, the Nuggets have proven they just don't make mistakes. And I would say I was really kind of skeptical of that until the Lakers series because the Lakers defense was what they were known for right throughout the playoffs. So the number one defense entering the Western Conference finals turned the teams over a lot, really bad transition defense, but in the half court, really good defense. Um, Now the heat are good, better, a lot better in transition, but the Nuggets don't really rely on that as much as other teams do. So I feel really good about Boston's chances having been up at least against one really good defense. Um, and even Minnesota, I think, can be kind of scrappy at times, even though I think they were missing their most versatile defender when we played them in McDaniels. Um, but I, I think that makes me feel better. And the size is a huge thing. Like, I would, I think Jokic, obviously, the weight difference as much as the height difference is going to matter. And unlike the Lakers, they don't have, like, a bigger four that they can throw at Jokic and try to give Bam a rest. Like, I think when the Lakers threat Rui Cody was Zeller. switch, right? Yeah, like, is it going to be Cody Zeller? Is it going to be Kevin Love? Um, other than that, like, they just have a bunch of small wings. So I don't think they're going to be able to run that. And that caused the Nuggets a little bit of fits. Not mm-hmm. that Jokic couldn't have scored on a guy like Rui or Vando or whoever, but Aaron Gordon's positioning in relation to him was always out of whack. Like, it didn't seem yeah. like Malone ever adjusted to put Gordon in the corner. Like, he was always underneath the rim or around the rim on the baseline. And I think uh, against the Heat, they would be able to cause a lot of turnovers there. So I'm hoping they don't find somebody to stick on Jokic that's not Bam and that works. That's like the only thing I'd be worried about. Um, But with like the zone, you mentioned that, Mitch. I think I couldn't think of anybody better to beat a zone than Jokic. Like put him in the middle. He can see over everybody. He can shoot from the free throw line area. He can find anybody at any angle like I don't know how you can run zone against this team as good of a three point shooting team that as they are Jokic being yeah. a distributor. Like, yeah, I don't think they're gonna be able to pull that out of their hat. Um, so yeah. I'm really confident in Jokic's ability to break that offense or that defense. 
I, I think also to oh sorry go ahead Mitch. you're you guys. good i was just gonna say that you hit the nail on the head on my point uh, on the point of like denver is the best three-point shooting team that the heat will have faced and that's what's gonna ha- like keep them out of that zone um and then you you're denver and you're like okay how do i keep up with denver scoring with duncan robinson and max Struess not playing zone the no Heat idea. are going to shoot a lot of threes, uh, but oh, yeah. the the thing with Denver too, like you said, best three point shooting team. I mean, the Celtics shoot at a way higher volume, but they take really bad shots. I've talked all year. I've been really? frustrated. <laughs> I've been frustrated how few threes Nuggets the Nuggets take. But the good thing is we don't take bad shots. Like outside of Michael nope. Porter Jr. Sometimes, <laughs> no shots uh, a bad shot for Mike. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's like why Jamal Murray too, uh, and Jamal. Yeah, sure. Um, but generally, like we're one of the highest I- shot IQ teams yeah. out there, so uh, I-, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, David, go ahead. What, what, yeah, what well, actually, gonna... off that point, and there was a, yep. one other note that I was going to make that you guys were talking about. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we don't run like a ball stopping offense outside of Jamal on you know possessions every now and then. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. Like you said, I feel like the shot selection is so good. We the Nuggets pass the ball so well that a lot of the shots, like you said, are such high quality. Like Bruce Brown, I mean, just off memory, every three that he hit in the Western Conference Finals, he was wide open. Like, yep. those are your... If it was from the right corner, not from the left corner. True, true. Corner, That's a good point. It's, it's like 11%. That's the weirdest the stat. Yeah. And that, that held true like all year too. That's so wild to me. Um, yeah, he needs to be in the gym on that left, whatever corner yeah. it is. Yeah, so... Um, but then to, I think it was Aaron's other point just about the defensive matchup um, with Bam too is like the other aspect of it is Bam's defensive strength is in his versatility on who he guards. Like obviously he can switch onto, you know, guards, mm. wings, he can guard whatever position, but like they don't have the luxury that the Lakers had with AD and having him in that Romer spot, like in the paint, yep. like that's not where Bam's strength is. So that's another extra thing of like what you were saying with, oh, the Lakers kind of gave us some fits in that regard because Anthony Davis is so elite at playing that like free safety, if you want to call it. Whereas that's yeah. not what the Heat utilized Bam as. Um, and yeah, to your point too with Aaron Aaron Gordon, I think in game four when they put them away, Aaron Gordon was hitting shots and actually standing out in the wing rather than yeah. just sitting in the dunker spot. So we'll see how that adjusts for the series. But yeah, that's a great point on bam's versatility as a defender like he is gonna have to be on Jokic. they don't really have another option i mean we'll see maybe spoke and pull something out of the hat unless they try to run zone like maybe they're gonna throw you donis haslam out there man they're literally yeah. just gonna say they're <laughs> gonna pull markeith morris out of the woodwork just a big year you know. big year can get some run oh, i think he's around man. seven foot don't, oh you're don't yeah. don't he's, he's tempt sick. me with don't tell me with Omer Yurt seven. God, Alonzo miss- Morning's going to come down from his hey. VP role and get a few minutes <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, that's a Cody great point Zeller. because I always see Bam as like Jaron Jackson Jr. is uh, just one defensive player of the year and is a really great shot, shot blocker. I would say he's a great roamer, like very similar to AD, younger, more athletic version right now, healthier version. But Bam is so versatile that he can guard guards, and I value that, and I think he's the most valuable big for that reason, which is kind of crazy to think about. What I think is the best center defender in the league is going up against the best center, and like I'm not worried about it at all because of just yeah. the unique quality that Bam is as a defender. He's kind of a better defender against smaller guys, 
And the Celtics didn't really expose him with that, right? Like the biggest guy is still under 6'11". How tall right. is Rob? 6'9", 6'10"? 6'9". He's 6'9". Yeah. I mean, he's got super long arms, but he's yeah. he's not and a back to basket out scorer. of the building. Horford's not a back to basket scorer anymore. Like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Really, I think probably the only the Bucks have been the team yeah. that could have tested them, and even then, Giannis was hurt for a majority of that series. I that was literally my next question. Like, who is the? Because you know, mid twenty tens, you know, there was no one that could quote-unquote stop LeBron, but like quote-unquote, but contain him or like Kawhi or apparently Iguodala was good enough to contain him. I don't know. Yeah, hold him uh, to but, a 35-point triple-double, right? <laughs> right, yeah, you know. But like there are... Not efficient, though. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> not efficient. But the point still being like, who are the guys, not that could stop Jokic, but who are the ones that could contain him? Like what's the big that you would like hmm. be most afraid of? AD, but like <laughs> Going that's in. only yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, Jokic cooks Gobert. It's just Jokic is the great neutralizer. Like it's it's right. a cliche to just be like, well, there's nobody who exists. It's not possible because Jokic is just that good. Is it but, Embiid? Oh, interesting. Maybe just because the star power and the everything that comes with it, like Embiid is gonna be, he's gonna yeah. actually accept that. Um, but he's also a guy that's a really good roamer. Like, sure, true. I like that, him that, sometimes better as an off-ball guy. That, yeah. So my my only thought was you're right about the Grizzlies. Like when Jaron Jackson is like roaming, he's perfect. Stephen Adams was the only other guy I could have thought of because mm-hmm. one, he's physical. He actually yeah. moves well, like as a big like guarding like nimble people. Not to say uh, I feel weird calling Jokic nimble, but here we are. Um, <laughs> but like. Guarding guys who, I mean, bigs who can handle the ball, like that combination. If Adams and Yoke and uh, Jackson were all yep. healthy and Clark, I feel like that would have been like yep. the worst matchup. Tillman, for yeah, and that's yeah, the that big would... thing. About, I, that's a good call. I would probably, yeah. I mean, my first thought was the Bucks, but the Grizzlies because of their depth there, like yeah. Adams can get in foul trouble, and that's okay. The right. Heat don't have this luxury. No, um, there, there are only few teams in the NBA who have that luxury. And I would say yeah. the Grizzlies are one of them. And I would think, I think the Bucks might be other. And I don't know who else would be, there would be. Maybe Mitch, like Mitchell Robinson a bit, but he might be a little slight too. He was he's also, impressive. he's not so, it doesn't have the defensive IQ that like, I feel like yeah. Adams or Brooke Lopez have. I feel like that's the other thing. Like Mitch Robinson's jumping at every shot fake Jokic has. That's true. And We've I, seen I, it. We've seen it before. We have seen it. And you're also counting on Julius Randle to be the next stopper. <laughs> Julius Randle will be on the other end of the floor sitting down <laughs> before he would ever do that. <laughs> oh, on the bench. I get it. Great. Or on the floor under the basket. No, no. Yeah, actually, just probably under the basket, not hustling back. <laughs> or not even, I mean, just not even like jogging back. But yeah. I love it. He's a six nine D'Angelo Russell sometimes. <laughs> so bad. Um, it, yeah, I mean, here, I don't know, David. Did you have anybody else that came to mind outside of the Grizzlies? Uh, no, I thought Adams was actually a great call out. I kind of lost yeah. track of him because of the injury, and but I think back to when the Nuggets played the Grizzlies earlier in the year. I was on the road, and I think they lost by like twenty. Like they got Nuggets got smoked by one right. of those games. Oh, I remember that game. Clark, JJJ, and Adams were all healthy, so. And we creamed him at home a few days later, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, 
I guess yeah. Adams might not Adams might have been hurt by them. But I, I think part of it too is the strength too. Like you talk about like well, who's the ideal matchup for Jokic? Jokic, like he bullies Gobert, he bullies AD, like he plays amazing Talk about ball. soft ass. <laughs> yeah. But Steven Adams is probably right. the strongest player and or strongest person in human history. So <laughs> <laughs> he is live action Superman uh mixed with Captain Hook all in one. Yeah. And it makes no sense to me. Uh he, he is, is too many fictional characters all in one. Um and he might be a fictional character himself. Um <laughs> Honorable mention Walker Kessler in two years. Once the protector thickens out a bit more. 2014 but... Tyler Zeller. No, wait, no, that's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. That's the worst option that we could throw out there. <laughs> yeah. Tyler. Hey, not even Cody. No, 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 no. We, I, Tyler Zeller also cracking the bottom 10 of Mitchell's favorite <laughs> Celtics list. God. All right. That's the last time I mentioned the Celtics. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> What I and now to think about the other end of it, we've kind of hit on some of the nuggets advantages. I mean, what I let me stick with here. I mean, the, oh, the only oh, I have my nuggets advantage is the fact that they never stop moving. This is a team that never mm. stops moving on offense Ooh. unless it's the pick and roll offense of Jokic and Murray. But okay. even still, it seems like there's always continuous movement. Um, it's always like a, a Bruce Brown or a KCP back cut. It's a if it's not Murray getting it off the handoff, it's Michael Porter. I mean, MPJ coming off and getting it right there. Um, the only guy who stands around is Aaron Gordon. It is literally, hey, when are you going to lob it to me at the rim? I feel like that's the <laughs> that's the it's him moving from the corner to the dunker spot, back to the corner, back to the dunker spot. It is back and forth, five feet movement. It is not much more than that. But like that is one of the advantages I think that this Nuggets team has because. And it also goes back to the reason why they cannot play zone against the, the Heat cannot yeah. play zone against this team is because of just how much movement this team has. But also it might be able to contain that movement and and it might just make it obsolete. But even still, I feel like there is still so much movement on that for that Nuggets team. Yeah, that's the that, that's why I was so high in the Bruce Brown pickup is he is the best on the I don't know. This the Warriors are so good at it, so it's hard to compare anybody but man he's the best i've seen this year uh he's just so good so relentless and in transition what, he can what is he himself. the best at i'm sorry you're, you cutting, keep saying he's the best cutting okay, moving gosh. what whatever you're just talking about cutting oh, and moving gosh. like he, he is he is a relentless mover um yeah and he's great in transition too by himself so he's a relentless oh, yeah. mover he loves moving people from house to house <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bruce Brown LLC. Yeah. Bruce Brown is working for two men and a truck. Uh, yeah, that men. is <laughs> that he is he is not two men. He is the one man in a truck. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but the thing is, we don't want to talk about it the other side as Nuggets fans, but we kind of have to. Welcome to the podcast where we're supposed to be unbiased here. What do you think the Heat's advantages are? What do you think the mismatch that the Heat has on the Nuggets? Uh, David, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I know we kind of talked about the reverse of what I'm about to say of like, oh, the Nuggets are the best three-point shooting team that the Heat are going to face. We're the second best three-point shooting team in the playoffs this year. But who's number one? The Miami Heat. Um, I mean, they're shooting 39% from three. I know I mentioned that earlier. Um, and I do think that's important. Like, on the same for the same reason that we were talking about, oh, the Heat haven't seen it. The Nuggets haven't either. This is the best three-point shooting team, at least from what we've seen in the playoffs so far. By that far, the Nuggets will yeah. face this postseason. Um, I mean, 
they've got four guys who have been snipers this postseason and might be getting a fifth one back if Hero comes back. I understand the whole like narrative of oh, are, are the Heat, you know, benefiting from Hero not being there? I mean, I, I don't really like buy that to be honest, especially in a series where like we're talking about now how important the three-point shooting battle is going to be. Like Hero just adds that's another good three-point shooter that the Heat can have. Um but yeah, I think that I think that's important um, for Miami. They can they can shoot with us if they need to. Um, we'll see how that plays out, obviously. And then I think on the like the defensive side of things too, the Heat have guarded the three well. I mean, I know some of that. You know, we kind of talked about earlier with the turnovers, like Boston just being stupid and like Boston shot selection. I know they got, went cold a lot from three in that series, but even then, the Heat are holding team. Uh, the opponents they played in the playoffs like 32 percent from three um do i think the nuggets are going to dip that low no but i do think that's something to to keep an eye on caveat there also is that they had to, they the heat got to play the new york knickerbockers who are not a good three-point shooting team that is true uh, that, that is um, true that 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 will also affect the numbers there too um yeah, that's aaron what about you yeah, three-point shooting is a good one. I think David and I were texting about that. It's just we really haven't seen a high-volume three-point shooting team. The Lakers are a really bad three-point shooting team, and they don't do it at a high volume unless they need to. Obviously, we can't talk enough about the Suns not being willing to shoot threes. <laughs> and then uh, the Wolves, I guess, are just kind of in the middle. Like, they're fine. But this Heat team is very much reliant on the three. So that's going to be key. Anytime you have a bunch of threes, you can have randomness in the game and they can upset us if they're hot. So that's a big one. But we've kind of already touched on this, but I think coaching is probably the yeah. biggest Mitch mess here. As much as I do love Michael Malone, not Mike, Michael Malone. Um, man, Spo is just eons better <laughs> from X's and O's. I love what Malone's done from a motivational perspective. I think he's ID'd the right guys to play. He's clearly switched up the lineup and not played those five bench guys like they did in the regular season. Thank God. Uh, I thought we were going to see a little bit of that in round one. So I was glad to just see that cut off at the head. Um, but <laughs> man, uh, suppose adjustments mid series, like if we're tied one, one, I'm going to be scared. Uh, yeah. We kind of got to take care of business at home here and get out to a lead. Cause if it's tight, I trust Spo to make adjustments and make this series ugly. Like, they always do so that's obviously the biggest one um they're right. able to throw a ton at us it'll be interesting to see what they do on offense i don't I, I think the nuggets defense has played a lot better than we all expected it to um but it still can be exposed so we'll see how he can adjust there i think defensively they always have a counter so um we'll we'll see what they throw out against Jokic, i guess and just see what see what sticks but that's got to be the biggest advantage for them I, I totally forgot to say this as an advantage for Denver. Elevation. Elevation. I, I feel like that's played in a factor in every series. I mean, Especially game one. coming off this game seven for Miami. Game one's going to be sure. rough, I think, for them. I think Miami's going to play 12 guys on, on Thursday. I mean, they're, they're going to go deep into the depths of the bench. We might actually see Udonis Haslam. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I truly think that, honestly, like this – this nugget, uh, I think the Nuggets elevation, we saw it. They, the only, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only close game one was that Lakers one. Was the Suns game one close? No, they blew them out. No, blow out. Game right. two was close. Was game two ugly. was close, but game one. But like the, you, you're yeah. getting adjusted, and especially like you said, I think I think Denver takes care of, I, 
I, if I if I were in a betting state, I would bet this this Nuggets win by twenty tomorrow or on Thursday. Like I think that would be. I that's what. That. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm glad we've we've started that, yeah. but like I think that with the elevation, especially, and you're right the the fact that the heater coming off a seven game series where everyone was exhausted and no one was hitting. Let me rephrase that: the Celtics were hitting shots, uh, but the 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 Heat were hitting shots. But the the rest is going to be super important and helpful for that Nuggets team, especially that elevation. But you're, I will go back to the Heat advantage here. You're right. It is the coaching, and that was the only one that I really could come up with because you could go with the who's going to guard Jimmy Butler, and you could go with Aaron Gordon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that who you're going to probably – who do you think they'll probably throw on Butler? Gordon? Yeah. I would imagine so, right, David? Probably. At least, probably. At least in spurts. I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a couple guys, but – Gordon the only thing that I was thinking, it. yeah, I think so too. I think for the majority, but the only thing that I was thinking was, um, I think Gordon's actually a good matchup for on Bam. Um, Ooh. And I mean, like KCP can take the assignment for Jimmy, I think. Like, I don't know if that would be the majority, but I'm just <laughs> thinking from the standpoint of like, I think Gordon matches up well with Bam. Um, that, I yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what they do, but yeah. I was gonna yeah, say, but then, then who do you Jokic. put? I was gonna say, do you stick Jokic on the new uh, on on Kale Martin? I guess that's true. That's a that's a that's a good point. So I, probably not. I, <laughs> but what, I think but, when, like, <laughs> but recently, like the adjustment I just talked about, the short bench, like Gordon is playing a small ball five whenever Jokic is off the floor. Yeah. So whenever true. Jokic is off the floor, Bam's out there, which he probably will be. Um, he'll be on Bam. That's so that's a great call. I think maybe if Jokic is like just sagging off a three point shooter or whatever, maybe he can get some time on him there too. But I think Bruce Brown probably can stick on Jimmy yeah. a bit. KCP's yeah. a good call. Just please, for the love of God, not Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. Like, no. But that's Michael what they're going to hunt. That's what yeah. they're going to hunt. Yeah, they're going to try to get switches. And Mike has been a lot better. I don't want to hate on him too much because there He's was been a position. Against LeBron in like game three, or actually, no, that was game one right away. They tried to hunt him and he stood him up completely. And so he has more confidence on that end now, too. But I just don't want him to get in foul trouble or any, yeah. anybody like that. So I think the scariest thing with Porter, too, if he's getting switched out, sorry, I just want to say real quick is yeah. like at the perimeter, Porter is just like that's the part defensively he's made huge strides and he's way better when you get in the paint yep but i mean if they get a switch and jimmy's got porter out isoed like beyond the perimeter like that's gonna be a nightmare <laughs> and the good thing s- is that i was gonna say that's great, the same way yeah. i was gonna True. say that's the same thing like how is porter off ball on the perimeter like switching he's good closing out he can close yeah. out really well like i think Switching wise, I think Denver is one of the best switching defenses in the league, which is why I think they've outperformed defensively. Like they, Jamal always talks about the term as they play on a string, you know, like right. their, their communication is amazing defensively. And like, that's, that's going to be huge. The one guy yeah. I asked about would be MPJ because again, we've, his, his defensive lapses are well documented um, <laughs> uh, of past years, but Again, you're right. This this year, you've seen him stand up. You you brought up game one of the conference finals. He stood up to LeBron, and that's my worry. Is 
will this Heat team just hunt the switch for Jamal Murray? Will they just hunt the switch of like Butler? Because I mean, that's what they were doing against. That's what they've done in every series. They've hunted. Yeah. They've hunted the switch that's going to ruin because they run those pick and roll, and Bam gets stuck with a smaller guy on him. And but you're right. That's one thing the Nuggets have done so well, and is just communicating to switch um, the right guy on to the right person. Yeah, I think Jamal would be the guy Jimmy would want because we saw against Boston, Jimmy kind of got scared against that length, like against Rob, a Rob Horford at times, like he kind of got flustered by length, and MPJ's bare almost seven foot, like he's a big dude. Um, great shock contester at the very least. Like he can recover if he's in a bad position to just to get a hand in your face. But Murray also, for the reason that it's going to tire him out and his conditioning is something I've been super concerned about all playoffs. He just looks dead every game. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter how many points he has. He looks absolutely dead every game. In game two, when he was going off, every time they pan back to him, like when he wasn't celebrating, mouth fully open. Like I'm like, Geez, he wants this to be done. Even you know he scored twenty plus points in the fourth, but he still, like you said, he looked gassed on the free throw line. But he still makes a man. I mean, he can. Yeah. He has enough energy to do that offense. But on yeah. defense, yeah, that's not there. So that's my biggest thing. If they can tire him out on that end, maybe it affects his offensive end. And I think that would be the theory for Miami. Um, but we'll see. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 tough to find a lot of advantages for me on paper. Again, a lot of that is intangible, and I think, yeah, honestly, Denver also counters that. Right now, it seems like so. Could take a page out of Boston's book too, with like the pre-switching that they would do a lot of the times too, like when Brown yeah. was in foul trouble. One of the one of the like few Denver. teams things we did do well. That was smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did that yeah. really well. Yeah. Um. Any other things you guys want to hit on? No. Think you 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 nailed it with the Spo stuff too. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I'm I'm scared of Eric's bolsters. So the man <laughs> the man's ability to make in games adjustments is incredible. Like I don't get it, and like to have the again, it's the trust that you have with not only just within your uh, from your management, but also to trust your players. Like Highsmith, Highsmith came out of nowhere, like game yep. five, and was just like so important. I'm like. Huh? So yeah. I don't know. It just is ridiculous. Well, and they they'll come out of timeouts, run one possession of zone, get a stop, and then they're back to man. Like the way they do that to not let you get this get the a feel for the zone enough yeah. to be able to run it in certain moments. Like we're kind of gonna have to take a few games to figure that out um and be able to combat that on the fly because they're so good at changing defenses in every possession. So I mean, he's awesome. But the one th- guy I wanted to talk about a little bit is just, do we think at all we're going to see a regression from a guy like Caleb Martin, a guy like Gabe Vincent? Because Tyler Harrell right now, I'm kind of on the same page with you, David, of I think he has a role to play in this series and would be beneficial for the Miami. If Caleb and Gabe aren't playing very well, I, I think it's safe to say Jimmy is not the guy he was in round one right now. Um, yeah. He's a little bit hobbled. It looked like he may have even re-injured his ankle in game seven. I think the broadcast was talking about it a bit. Do we think Caleb, Gabe, all those guys can like maintain this momentum right now? I do. Well, more so Gabe more than I do Caleb. 
Because I think That's Gabe. That's exactly and, how I feel. I agree with that. I, I Gabe was so important to this team. He got moved into the starting lineup. Like mm-hmm. I, he's and there was a re. I think that was a big reason they lost. What was it? Game six was they didn't have him as a, yeah. another primary ball handler. Um, you were trusting a lot in um, Kyle Lowry, who. Um, how do I put this and not make it sound bad? <laughs> game one, he had hey, a good game. Great, he takes he charge a, as well, man. He he makes the very ground shake when he falls. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. No, I I think Gabe Vincent has been very important to that team, and I think. Yeah, the Heat wouldn't be where they are without Kale Martin right now. Kale Martin has been super important to him. And I think Jimmy Butler needed him, needed Martin in that series. So that way, Jimmy Butler could be who he was in that second half of game seven. Like, yeah. he didn't, ha- it's not like he took off. He was bad, very bad. But it's also because, like, Jimmy Butler had the ability to, like, Trust in his teammate in Kale Martin. I think I think we're seeing it. We're gonna see round one, round two, Jimmy Butler, like in this finals. Mm. If like we're gonna I think we're gonna see a little like a little regression of Kale Martin, maybe like twelve points a game. Not not Yeah, not shooting like 19. sixty and fifty percent. God for your guys' yeah, I, I hope you don't feel the same pain I did whenever that man shot a basketball and like, oh, he's not missing. He's turned into Clay Thompson and I don't think he's missing these. Um. Yeah, I think you're gonna see a uh, a Jimmy Butler kind of like we saw in round one and two. Maybe not. Maybe his legs still haven't fallen ha- or haven't got caught up with him yet. But I think you're gonna see a much a better or a consistent Gabe Vincent. Whether you're gonna see a Kale Martin. Yeah, it sounds like you agree, David. Yeah, and like Gabe, I think has proven it for longer too. Not to say that this isn't a sign of things to come for Caleb Martin or like take away from what he's done, but. I mean, just suddenly, like you said, not even being able to miss. Like we never, we hadn't seen that version of Caleb Martin at any point in his career. Like even if he's shown flashes, whereas Gabe Vincent, Vincent, I think, has been pretty consistently like kind of a sniper the last few years. So he's yeah, he was doing that last year off the bench for the that Heat team against the yeah. Celtics. Um, and yeah. plus, you're you're destined to have the max Struess duncan robinson total of 38 points in one game like you're one of them is it. one of them is always hot it doesn't matter and who it's it is. quite possibly the most frustrating thing yeah it, it, and it's great because when all when hit those two and gabe vincent are all hitting threes and every <laughs> broadcaster wants to bring it up hey you have these three guys who total for 60 something points in a game you know they're always just going to bring it up to you and they're it's just it's really just a fun time it's not fun. Hey, did you know that they're undrafted? You ever heard that before? Oh my god! God, if I, I hear the same thing, you know how I many? How I? We need to make a fucking drinking game out of the amount of times they're going to bring that up in god. the NBA Finals. Good lord! Yeah, because the ESPN be- crew hasn't touched them yet. It's been just the straight TNT crew of the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, oh, that's, that's a good point. Be, yeah, we're going to hear annoying. the. Oh, it already has. Um, <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> no, I'm interested in this podcast. It already has. Um, so no, I <laughs> even more so when the Celtics invited Max Struess to a workout and let him walk out the door without signing him. Because Max Struess, Paul Celtic... Legend, ten minutes Paul from Legend, my baby. place yeah, right now. Out Chicago. <laughs> yeah, dear good lord. Okay, we've hit it all. Let's hear it. Will the Nuggets team win their first title? And you in almost how many say games? Celtics. No, I was I was trying to find a better way to like 
I heard a C coming out of your. Out of oh your no, no, no! I was I was trying to find a better word, but like the, like a better adjective to put in front of Nuggets, and I couldn't come up with one, so I just went with Nuggets. Um, will this Nuggets team win their first title, and how many games will it take them? David. Okay, mm, man. Yeah, like unbiasedly, again, it's hard not to be biased, but unbiasedly, I do think the Nuggets will win. Um, and I'm going to say in, I'm going to say in six. I'm going to say in six. Um, conservative pick. That's yeah, it is smart. a conservative pick. Um, yeah, I don't want to overlook the Heat. Um, I think, don't. I think saying in six or even wanting to say in five to me is more of how I feel about the Nuggets rather than how I feel against about playing against the Heat. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I, I have Denver in five. Um, I think there's a possibility of a sweep here. Uh, I think it's very possible. I know as much as Jimmy can say it and not want to accept the Bob Cousy trophy into his hands or whatever the hell the new Eastern Conference Finals trophy is because he says, I'm going to hold the next one. Yeah, okay. As much as you say that, um, it kind of did feel like they already had their Super Bowl a bit how grueling that series was the emotional swings they went through of being on the verge three games prior to that. Uh, and then having to win as huge underdogs in the road, like it's just a lot of what they've been through the last month and a half. So we'll see. Uh, I think there's sweet potential, but again, conservative pick, I think it's likely the heat get at least one game, maybe two, but I'll go to yeah, yeah. five. And also just thinking about your point about the bubble, because um, this kind of swayed me a little bit, because I feel like I came in just thinking, like, Nuggets in five, it makes sense. But, I mean, that Lakers team was damn good in 2020. Yeah, and the, he got that to six. So That's a good point. It never felt like the Lakers were in danger of losing the series, like, at any point at all. But still, he got two games. So I did like that. I don't know. I Looking back, I had this team up. Like, how many ball handlers they had? Goran Dragic, a healthy yeah, hero, nice Butler... Team. Some shell of Andre Iguodala. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was on that team. Like, but he was, I don't know. Yeah, he's a they had some player. vets. Yeah, they did. They did. Was that Achua saw on that team? I don't think he was Precious. playing very much. Yeah, I, I doubt he was playing was it, that much. I don't. Was see Precious him. a rookie that year? Yes, he was. Yes, yeah. he was because he was a part of the uh, trade to get Lowry. That's right. Was. Okay. I'm not, um, I'm not seeing him on the stats here. Shocker. So, yeah, he definitely didn't play. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also have Nuggets in five. I have Nuggets taking the first two at home, winning by 20, and then winning by like six um, in game one and two. I have them losing game three in Miami. I actually, I take it back. I have them winning game three in Miami, and then I have them losing game four because they're like, we want to win it at home, and we're going to win it in front of Denver, and we're going to win the game Wolves, five. Wolf script. Yep. The Wolf script. Game five will be like overtime or some shit. There's definitely going to be one <laughs> of these wins where it's going to, I mean, there are going to be some nail biting games. Game three definitely. and game two are my new, my two nail biters. That's what I have. Uh, I and, like that. Uh, yeah. um, but games one and four will not be close. <laughs> Okay. I, I was gonna say I actually do see two blowouts happening for Denver. 
And no, no, no. Game I, I was just saying. I was just saying Miami has the blowout there. Miami has the game blowout in game four. And it's, oh, because, oh. it's because Duncan Robinson is going to have like thirty, or Struess is going to have like thirty, and he's going to like he's going to be damn near the record of most threes in a playoff game. You can. I'm actually curious. You you think you see Denver getting blown out in a game? It's like hard One for me game. to picture. Not like unbiasedly. Like it, 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 it's hard for me to playoff. picture Denver getting blown out. <laughs> It's yeah. gonna be one game. It's gonna be one game where it's right. it's that and it's because we brought it up. They're going up against the best three point shooting team in the playoffs yeah, right now. Very, it's gonna be it's gonna be one fair. game where it's gonna be one game. Fair. That's all. Yeah, but I then game five is lost. just a close one. Let's see. The most they lost by was like seven. Yeah, well, they've only no, lost so, three yeah, games seven. this playoffs. So seven to Phoenix. That is true. That's pretty wild. And. Some of those, like that's that's the thing I will say. Like a five game series doesn't mean it's an easy series. Right. I think that a lot of these wins could be very tight, and I think the Heat might be a leading for some of it. But the the Nuggets have proven that they can come back in games. Like this is, they have a bit of resiliency there. They can close out games. Game four is a perfect example. Like, yep. That was the classic LeBron. I haven't been swept in X amount of years. Like I'm doing this for my legacy. Um type of game and then then I get stormed back and they yeah. held up in the clutch. So I think the way they've played in a few of those games in the playoffs against the Suns too, I think in that game too. Um obviously a few in Minnesota that were scary. Yeah, game four in Minnesota, the Nuggets scored 12 points in like a minute and a half to force overtime. So yeah. Jeez, they, that's right. I forgot about that. They have it in them. They definitely yeah. don't roll over. They've been the most consistent team in the playoffs. That's for sure. You have to have Michael Malone. Sorry. There you go. Wow. You will correct you. (laughs) Yeah. Loudly. You have to get Michael Malone as props too. Like talk about a guy. Talk about a guy. That's probably my most used phrase on this podcast. Talk (laughs) about a guy. Um, Talk about a guy that Aaron has shat talk uh, a lot until this year. Until this year. Well, no, I still have this year. You're okay. I was trying to get. I was trying to give you an out. Damn it! Just, you were you completely. Let, you were waiting for Christian Brown to get significant minutes consistently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What can Brown and Brown do for you? Um, no, everything. I. Every, God damn everything. <laughs> um, no, I think Michael Malone has done a great job in this playoffs, and like, give him like a few flowers. Not a lot of flowers, just like a like not the full bouquet. There's like three flowers <laughs> that can be put in the vase somewhere off to the side and say, Hey, this is just waiting for you whenever you're ready for it. Um, I think his staff's good. I, I think, I think the figurehead always staff. gets a ton of credit, but like, man, um, Adelman should be a head coach. Yep. He was in, I was just about to say his name. Cause he's in interviews. I think at least in discussions, he's probably not interviewing yet. Um, obviously Saunders is a former head coach. I think sometimes yeah. early in the season, it seemed like there was a bit of tension between Malone and Saunders. Sometimes it seems mm. like Malone's like not taking Saunders advice or is annoyed with him <laughs> or something. Um, but it seems like he's come along and then Popeye is like the guy who's actually stepped up and been the interim when Malone gets thrown out of the game. So like, and he's a former <laughs> player. So, and then you yeah, have DeAndre Jordan, basically a coach. So ish, ish, ish and yeah. DeAndre. Jeff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the staff's great. And there's one guy that you knew in Miami, Mitch, that just like looks like every guy who moves to Miami. Oh, and, I'm blanking on his name right now, too. God like, damn yeah. It. Yeah. Like, is it Chris Quinn out. or something like that? I feel like that might have been. I, I thought he was Carlos Arroyo for a little bit there. And I knew that wasn't <laughs> it. That most definitely it wasn't is, it. It I, is something Quinn. I think you're right. 
I, I also wanted to say Bronson Arroyo, but that's just a baseball player. Um, that's 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 not that's not <laughs> the right sport. Red. Yep. Former with the leg kick and everything. Okay. Well, we all had the Nuggets winning their first finals, which let's be honest, biasly, we all want that. I I, I would True. love for the I would love for the Heat not to win another finals for the for the remainder of Jimmy <laughs> Butler's career there. <laughs> Um, or Kale Martin's career ever. Um, so I just would love that. Uh, but that being said, it's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun week. We got games. Game one on Thursday. Game two is on. Am I correct? Sunday. Yep. Yep. What the yeah, heck is we, this two day break? Bullshit. Yeah, we I got some, most of most of the final schedules two day breaks. There's like one I, that's a one day break. But yeah, helps the I, heat a lot here. Game two, it they'll does. be ready to go. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I call collusion. No. Um, I why didn't the Celtics get this shit? Oh, whatever, not the point. That's just uh, the way the finals are. It's been set in yeah. stone for since the beginning. Yeah, the, the schedule's season. yeah, been out the whole time. Yeah. I know, but last year was like every other day was for the Celtics games, and I'm just pissed about that. Oh, I see whatever. what you're saying. I thought you made yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, like oh, gotcha, yeah. Last year's finals was every other day, and I'm like, whatever. Um, but Go Nuggets, Celtics! You're you're gone and dead. Uh, David, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you thanks. coming on and talking Nuggets with us. Thanks for having me. This yeah, is always absolutely. a pleasure. Highlight of my year every year. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have you on more than once next year. That's that's the goal. Good. We're gonna and whenever the Nuggets do win their title, we will bring you back yes. on for that. Um, Ooh, can't wait to celebrate. Hopefully. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> oh, as Mitchell sells sports karma, really come back to bite. Hopefully not. <laughs> Knocking on wood right now uh thanks guys for listening uh you can follow us at hooper's almanac on twitter um listen to us on spotify that is the literally the only place you can listen to us um and then yeah have your oyster week go nuggets go win the finals and bye bye kale martin have a good one yes 